to Cahill. Oh, what a response! Absolutely brilliant again from Mo Salah. Zidane! Oh, fantastic! Chance for Ronaldo! Of course he takes it! Only football can make you feel like this. I'm unbelievable inside the pitch. This is why the people have so much interesting on me. In my mind, I'm always the best. I don't care what the people are thinking, what they say. In my mind, not just this year, but always, I'm always the best. Viva Ronaldo! Viva Ronaldo, you heard the guy. What do you reckon? What a guy. On, the, on the latest form of this man, that's not out of the question, is it? Not, not entirely, is it? Definitely not. He's in ripper form. Is he the best? Yeah. Yeah? By a mile. Is he proving it right now, Alex? Yeah, he is. He's shredding it. Scored last night again. He's four now in two games. He should get the golden boot the way he's going. Yeah, he's only only been topped by own goals at this stage in the golden boot race. Which so is quite ridiculous. Yeah, absurd. Is he... Oh, if Portugal go further than Argentina... Oh, I, just want, oh, I like Ronaldo more, personally. That's why I want him to win it. I want him to be the goat. No, the goat. The goat. <laughs> well, he's growing that. He's got a little goatee at the moment yeah. going on. So and I he, think he's really going for that because um, Messi had that advert with the goat. And I think he keeps poking fun with it, yes. which is a good little subplot to this World Cup. Yes. Well, anyway, welcome to the Shooting Stars World Cup podcast, episode five. Alex Grant, Bryce Conway, join me, Stuart Marshall. Hello, boys. Good morning. Hello, Stu. <laughs> <laughs> you love Ronaldo, don't you? I do. Yeah. Don't we all? But yes, plenty of news. Ronaldo's always in the news, and once again, he writes the headlines, as I heard a commentator say last night. Portugal beat Morocco last night, thanks to a Cristiano Ronaldo header. And the takeaways from it was, Ronaldo is the greatest of all time, there's no question about it, in my eyes, obviously that's for debate. And, and Ronaldo uh, and Portugal play terrible football, Bryce. Yeah, um, I thought Morocco had them on the back foot, uh for the rest of the game after the Ronaldo's third minute diving header, which is a really well-worked uh, set piece with a short corner. So perfect delivery and a fantastic header from Ronaldo. But from then on, I think Amarabat, the uh, 31-year-old ringer from Watford, gave uh, Guerrero absolute nightmares. He was on flames down that right wing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Al, what do you reckon of that match? Yeah, it was all right. I mean, we we just got to point out again on Ronaldo that he's now the leading European goal scorer in history football yeah. in yeah. history which is what was a massive achievement congratulations yeah. yeah well done well done Cristiano <laughs> <laughs> another record set but yeah his, ten, his country don't play the the most uh, eye-watering not stuff like, do they like no, and that's the thing if if Portugal well we'd expect them now they've got four points we'd expect them to get through the group um, with the remaining fixture against Iran I think if they get through they're going to struggle if they come up, well, they are going to come up against decent opposition in the round of 16, and that's going to be the biggest test for them. And I was listening to like Mark Swartz and um, Paul Ocon last night on Up to Sport, and they were saying that they're not convinced that they're a good enough team to, if Ronaldo's not there, to keep going further. I've I, actually I tipped him. I've tipped him to get knocked out at the round of 16. Did I? Yeah. Yeah, but just just on that, I think it's really unfortunate for Morocco. They played some fantastic football, and they've got nothing to show for it. The old Casablanca Crusaders shouts the Pendergast family for that name. They've um they've just they've been dominating games against Iran and Portugal and they've got zero points. I mean, I think Hakimi, the Real Madrid right back, was fantastic as well, and Amarabat was unbelievable as well. So I'll, keep a lookout for those guys on I your I like FIFA. the look of Hakim Ziyech. 
Yeah, he was he was quite lively, wasn't he? Yeah, he was very lively. I thought he was real nice. Yeah. No, look, we don't need to talk about Morocco anymore. They're gone. They're so gone. We don't worry, we're not worried about them players anymore. Oh, Fee- right. I reckon they're FIFA 19 prospects for you. Yeah, they are. Yeah, um, a couple of ones to look out for. Yeah. Definitely. In other results, uh, Uruguay beat Saudi Arabia 1-0 in Iran, and Spain beat Iran 1-0. So three 1-0 matches last night. All of, Not the most exciting night of the World no, Cup. No, wasn't, wasn't the best. But, um, I mean, you've got to grind out those 1-0 wins sometimes in tournaments. And, and Bryce, you stayed up for the Uruguay-Saudi Arabia game, didn't you? Yeah, look, it was another one where I thought, I mean, Saudi Arabia were extremely poor against Russia and got belted, but at this time, I think they made a really good account for themselves. And Uruguay, very sluggish again, and I think a very fortunate goal with Suarez tapping in when the young goalkeeper of Saudi Arabia just flapped at it from a corner. So I think they were very fortunate. Well, they're through now. Or well, look like they've yeah. picked up six points, haven't they? So they've done the job, done the business, 2-1-0 wins. That's all that matters. It's all about results, isn't it? Is. It? it is. And Spain beat Iran. Spain have now got f- uh, four points in the group. They look, they're looking all right after their turmoil to start the tournament. Yeah, it's a, uh, I think Grant and I had a look at the goal just before. Probably contender for jammiest goal you'll see in this tournament. It was, it was a bit jammy, yeah, I'm not going to lie. They ricocheted off the defender, um, back into Costa, and then yeah, just past the keeper. Flew into the bottom corner, fortunately. But, you, t- I mean, you take it, though. You take oh, it. God, yeah. yeah. Diego Costa's now scored three goals for the tournament, so he's right in the race for there the is, golden boot. There are a few contenders. Still OG's pipping it at the moment. And just on just on Costa, I've got to make note of uh, his old mate Pepe. He was an absolute pest again in that game. Gets tapped on the shot of Abinashia and he goes down like he's been shot. Just embarrassed. He's just, he's just giving us centre-halves a bad name and he's just, he's a wet. Okay, you could say he dives a lot. <laughs> and I actually want to bring up diving because diving obviously is one of the biggest issues in the game. Yes. I'm a big fan. I don't know my dad is and I know my dad will listen to this. If, he, if a player goes down and it's not a foul... Then it has to be a dive. Yellow sticker. If a player goes down and the referee says no yep. whatsoever, and then surely half the time it's a dive, and why is there not more bookings for dives in football, do you think, Alex? I don't know. But I do know one thing. I think the referees have managed it really well. And I think, I don't know if maybe it's been pointed out before the World Cup, but referees have ignored a lot of like play acting on the pitch I've found like a lot of players I've gone down like you looked at Ronaldo last night and he, he was yeah. a bit like he went down a few times and yeah. the referee ignored it the only game really that like springs to mind is the Australia game where the French went down a lot like really easily and the referee the rest, yeah. didn't pick it up you know yeah. what I mean so I'd, I think it all depends on the referee And do you get frustrated when when you're playing and obviously you come up against players and they go down easy and you know they've gone down easy, and you can get sent off for that as a defender as well. And like, there's there's way more risk on you when they go down. Does it not frustrate you? And do you ever get really, really angry on the pitch? I hate it, but that's the that's when the you, game. you've got to you've got to block that out mentally, and that's hard then for the defenders to not react and then not have a nibble and and then make another stupid tackle. Because at the end of the day, it's it's strategic, and that's what the strikers trying or the attackers trying to do. He's trying to suck you in trying to get make you foul foul the player and if he goes down easily and it makes him look like um you have fouled him then that's what he's going to do. Yeah, I think it's quite telling that we just the only thing we're discussing with referees is them not booking players for diving when I think because they've been fantastic across the board in other areas so I think that, I think that's quite telling. Another area they've been fantastic is the VAR, I would say. No. Hasn't been too many issues with it to this point. We sort of predicted we sort of thought there'd be way more arguments about it, but yeah. it hasn't dominated the headlines as it has in other countries, particularly Australia. Bryce, what do you yeah, think? Yeah, I think it's 
I think as we'll find out with um, I chat with Adam Peacock later on, it's 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 more about the consistency of it because it's a different group of referees having a look at the video. And can we just quickly note they're all in full kit in the video room, so you know, good for them working a sweat up. But I think mm. it's just the consistency that's the only worry. Yeah, yeah, they haven't any ma- haven't made any glaring mistakes or anything of note as yet. They haven't overturned anything that didn't need to be overturned or anything of that nature. It seems like they're getting it right to this point a week into the tournament, which is good for the later stages. You just hate it for the biggest gaff of the tournament to come in, you know, a semi-final or a, a bigger game. That's the only worry, I guess. Yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, I think um, there could have been a few shouts and they should have gone to VAR a few times in the Morocco game against Portugal. Quite a few penalty shouts, I thought. But um, no, it's been, it's been okay so far and it's just fingers crossed nothing happens at a critical stage in the tournament. So back on Ronaldo quickly to wrap this up. So obviously now he score he's now scored eighty five goals for Portugal, making him the top scorer scoring European in the history of football. Another record uh, for that guy, and just he's a, he's literally got endless records, and he continues to amaze. And I guess his greatest rival, Lionel Messi. Some interesting news came out. Argentina's Lionel Messi suffers and cries in pursuit of a World Cup dream, and that quote has come from his own mother. Hey, mum, Celia Cicchini said her son has been deeply affected by criticism of, of his performances with Argentina and insists he wants nothing more than to win the World Cup. And I quote, His aim is to bring the cup home to win the World Cup. It's one of his biggest desires. We see him suffer and cry at times. He is the first who wants to bring the cup with him. He more than anyone would give everything for this to be his World Cup. You gotta give, you gotta have a word with your mum after that. Don't be saying that. <laughs> that <laughs> is mama. <laughs> Let's hope uh, Kathy Grant doesn't get in the, in the press talking about Alex crying when he goes home after a loss. Yeah, hey, she's got too much on me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, so whether Argentina can do it, who knows. But let's hope Messi doesn't cry. I mean, he, he did, like we mentioned in an earlier episode, he had a big cry last year when he momentarily retired from the national team. Yeah, I think he's. Imagine he's, if they lost. Imagine if they lost another final. He'd actually. I think I'm he's, sure he would cry. He's honestly under the cosh a bit here. I think everyone's on the Ronaldo train at this World Cup. So far, rightly so, he scored four goals. Messi none, and he's missed a peno. It'll be really interesting to see how he reacts. He's going to respond, mate. Oh God, yeah. You can't he forget he's, he's he's a world beater, and he'll probably will. He'll probably bag a trick in the next game or something like and that. And it's game on for the Golden Boot. Oh, there yeah. you go. I hope so. That's a, from a spectator's point of view. That's what you want. Oh, absolutely. Um, and obviously another big player, Neymar, in some injury news. Neymar's returned to Brazil's World Cup training despite a right ankle injury. Now, there's a lot of talk about everything always being about Neymar, Oof. Neymar this, Neymar that. He Pot seems noodle like head. Pot yeah. noodle, man. That's yeah. it. He seems just like he's always it's always about him. Definitely. I know Craig Burley and a couple of the ESPN pundits are sick of him because he's always making the headlines about him. What do you think, Bryce? Happened last World Cup. This whole thing and everyone was talking about Neymar and like get well Neymar and all these kind of things with shirts and Brazil and he just he makes a narrative about him every time. Yes, it's going to be the case because he's their best player and one of the best in the world. But yeah, he strikes me as yeah, I don't dig it. I'm have you, not, have I'm you not got about something it. for him? Yeah, don't like him. Because let's be honest, if it was Ronaldo, well I know you're not a massive fan of Ronaldo, but then I don't know you've got that you you've got a few personalities in football like, that, like look at Zlatan as well. You, would you say the same thing about him? Because he's always talking about himself and wants to wants to focus on him. Don't like him. Nah, Zlatan's funny. I think he's more. Satirical. Is that what it is? So yeah, maybe. Just but no, Ronaldo and Neymar—they're people that I find uh, very self-indulgent. 
love themselves a bit and I don't buy into that as much. I and like the workhorses, like the old well, Steve Finnans, well, Dan, I think they Danny said Murphy's. They've never played for Liverpool, so they're, <laughs> no, they're not good enough. No, no, that's not the case. It's generally not the case. I think um, if Ronnie played for anyone else, <laughs> Ronnie, don't like Madrid, don't like United, yeah, yeah stuff them. And Ronnie, Ronnie played for Man U, that's why he doesn't like him as well. That's it, yeah. It's the double diamond earrings in the warm-up, that kind of business. Uh, rubbish. Well, I think the difference is Ronaldo is the, the GOAT. And Neymar isn't. And Neymar doesn't have nearly as many records and all that. So Neymar carrying on the way he does all the time makes it seem like he's... Like, it perceives him as a, a worse person, if you know what I mean. Mm. It's now, been a, it's I think been that's a circus at PSG since he signed there. Them catering to him, throwing him all these massive parties to keep him happy and he still wants to bolt. So I just think, yeah. I think it's because it, as well he's been... <laughs> the way it appears on the outside, he's been chasing the money slightly as well with his move to PSG and then now there's rumours that he'll be moving back so I think that's probably one thing whereas you look at the other the players um, like Ronaldo they've they've been a lot more loyal and even though they're still earning crazy money you know what I mean they've not been moving around like he seems to be I just think that yeah he hasn't done enough yet to warrant or like Ronaldo obviously carries on but then it's like Everyone, you look at Ronaldo, you're like, yeah, he's a prima donna, he's all this, but then it's just like, nobody scores. Delivers. Yeah. Exactly. Even to me, he's, Every game. I'm someone who's not a f- huge never fan of his as well. personally stuff. He's an amazing footballer. Mm. I have the utmost respect for him in that regard, whereas Neymar, I just get, he just annoys me. Yeah. Uh, we will be discussing Australia later in the episode. We did interview Adam Peacock from Fox Sports, so uh, stay tuned for that. But you can also follow us on Twitter, at Zars Shooting and uh, like and subscribe and give us reviews on iTunes if you're listening through that as well. But let's move on to England now um, and some funny news, I guess, to start us off. England boss Gareth Southgate has dislocated his shoulder whilst <laughs> jogging. Let's hope we don't score any last-minute winners because he won't be yeah. fist-pumping after that. I don't know, Surely pylons Gareth even still. <laughs> <laughs> I just, and, um, and just on Gareth, we've uh, we discussed just before, is he the best-dressed best man at the tournament? Uh, I would say so, yes. Definitely. Three-piece suit? That's it. There's nothing better than a waistcoat. Bryce tipped the Germans, but come on. They came out with (laughs) some rubbish in that first game. Rascal gear. (laughs) Rascal clobber. And then Gareth Southgate comes steaming in with his suit and his waistcoat looking like an absolute geezer. Love it. (laughs) Uh, No, I I reckon he's the best dress. Yeah? Yeah. And they've won, so he's doing something right. But he's now going to be in a sling because he dislocated his right shoulder while out running during England's scheduled day off from training and was taken to hospital by a team doctor. He says, it is better than, he quote, this is a quote, it is better, this is me than one of the players. They were a bit surprised in the team meeting and were asking, what have you been doing? Blah, 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 blah. And he says, I might not be celebrating any goals as athletically in the future. I'm just a bit gutted because I was on my record for <laughs> I was on my record for a 10k time trial. I reckon he was low key in a bare knuckle boxing match with some Russians, and he just can't tell the squad. Yeah, scheduled day off, likely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, All right, yeah. mate. A lot of things come to mind as to what he was doing, but you know, I don't know. Mm. The run it was. That's the excuse he's come up with exactly. anyway. Yeah, yeah. I was going to Very convenient. Yeah. <laughs> Very convenient. No, no big bears yes. involved. No bit of wrestling. He must get bored on them days off. Oh, yeah. I can imagine what he's been doing. How do you How do you dislocate your shoulder? Um, <laughs> you can't really dislocate your shoulder uh, with uh, running, can you? Have you ever, have you ever come across that? Not, is, is, not is running it? as such. I, yeah, I'm, I'm baffled by it. To, yeah. We had, um, in fact, there's, speaking of dislocated shoulders... Um, we had a we had, I've got a funny story from an away trip we made with Glory last year. We um we were 
on the on the plane flying over east. I think we were going to Sydney or Melbourne or somewhere like that. And um, you know when sometimes on the Tano they come across, oh, is there a, a doctor or another medical professional on on the plane? Yep. And everyone's looking around going, <laughs> <laughs> what's going on? Someone's died at the back of the plane. So um, we... we um, we la- anyway, we landed in Sydney or wherever we got to, and I remember we went to the physio because our physio was walking up and down, and obviously he was probably the only one qualified to to deal with what was going on at the back of the plane. So we asked him, like, "Oh, Hutcher, what what what's going on? What's going on with the uh, the blow? Was it like someone ill or someone like that?" And he went, "Oh, you're not gonna believe it." He said, um, <laughs> "There was a bloke um, on the toilet." <laughs> And he dislocated his <laughs> shoulder on the toilet. And he said he was flying to Sydney to see a specialist about his shoulder popping out all the time. Oh. <laughs> what are the chances? Oh. And he did it and he popped it out oh, when, he was, um, when he was doing God. the business on the toilet. I've got one. I've got one. One quick one here before we get back to the soccer. Um, my housemate, Macca, he's got to hate me. I don't know if he's got to listen to this, but my housemate, Macca, will literally... He sat down on the couch and he's got loose shoulders as well. And he sat down on the couch and I'm not kidding, stretched, was in the morning and he leant back and he stretched his shoulders up like that and sort of just like moved his shoulders back, boom, popped out. And he says, oh no, and at the time he goes, oh, and he's a physio. So it's like, he was trying to get, he <laughs> trying to trying feel to around. Yeah, yeah. He but yeah, and it ended up on his back, couldn't get the shoulder back in, I'd call an ambulance. <laughs> I think, I think if it's just one of them, it just... Like, if you've got a loose joint there and you've done it before, then it's yeah. just, like, susceptible. Yeah, to shouts to our litness, listeners with weak shoulders. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah. out there. Make sure you strap them. <laughs> Gareth, <laughs> Gareth Southgate's going to be needing some uh, some treatment and some surgery over the next little while. Staying on England, the England, we'll get on to the England-Tunisia game, obviously because it was a big result for many. Uh, but in terms of the viewers, the England-Tunisia World Cup clash got more UK viewers than the Royal Wedding. Good. Good, Bryce. Yeah, I mean, that's good viewing. 18 million viewers across BBC and ITV making the most watched broadcast in the UK for the year, I think. Mate, it's the magic of the cup. It's the magic magic of of the the cup. cup. Yeah. Fantastic. It's pretty good. Alex, you were saying that you have to... How does the BBC work in the UK? So, yeah, in England, you have to pay... uh, I don't know what the price is. We have to pay for a TV licence in the UK, and that obviously gets rid of adverts and stuff like that and pays for all the broadcasting and whatever at the BBC, and I think there's only 25 million in the... In the country, 25 million TV licenses. So, if there was 18 or so million watching, that's, that's real. Yeah, positive. what a shocking fact. Mm. The English like watching football. Yeah, who would have thought? News <laughs> to me. I know. And obviously, we do as well. And in Australia, obviously, the whole Optus conundrum. Now, the Optus, Optus have handed over the remaining group stages matches to SPS. So, SPS will be televising all group stage games for the rest of the World Cup. Uh, and Optus is now offering free Optus Sport on the back of all the controversy surrounding that, which is good to see, and I think uh, the game has prevailed in Australia, Bryce. Yeah, I think it's gr- it was great to see the uproar in the face. Obviously, it's awful that it happened and people missed yep. watching it, but I think the uproar shows the passion in this country, and if people ever question that if we care about football, I think that answers it, doesn't it? Yeah. The neg- it all happened rather quick, though. Didn't Very it? Like, quick. The negotiation, like, what, I, I couldn't imagine, oh, what did they do? Just, I'll just, just say, oh, look. Can you broadcast the games and we'll give you a carton or something like that? Or like <laughs> a couple <laughs> cartons of furfies, you'll yeah, be right, boys. You know, Shouts like, to furfies. <laughs> I don't know what what's going on there with them. Like, will they have had to pay or well, they're like, know, like, compensate? I think, or? I think that, yeah, I don't know the ins and outs of it, but SBS are a sub broadcaster. Or a, it all happened quick, which yeah. is the bit. The bit yeah, like, the bit, no, yeah good did. for everyone wins yeah. there. Everyone wins. All right, let's talk about the England game quickly. England obviously got up uh, two one. 
Yes, 2-1 with a 90th minute winner, double to Harry Kane, 90th minute winner, 91st minute winner from Harry Kane. What a result, Alex Grant. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> Worth getting up at 2am for anyway, let's put it that way. Oh, they start, honest to God, they started so well. Um, they look sharp, they look bright. Um, so many attacks. Um, I think they had 10 chances in the first half. And then Tunisia sat back, which is what a lot of teams have been doing in this tournament, mm. especially the underdogs. They've been sitting back, inviting pressure. Um, and, and for the put, most part, doing it quite well as yeah, well. And yeah, put, and putting the onus on the attacking team to actually break through them and, and score. And to be honest with you, England kept the ball and probably dominated the play the second half. And Tunisia didn't create a lot of ch- Well, didn't create any chances from the top of my head. But um, I don't know. The, they just found it hard to break through. Didn't create an awful lot, but still controlled and dominated the game. And then obviously, like Harry Kane, last minute, what took a his guy. chance. Took his chance. He had two chances the whole game. I thought he was quite slow. It was it wasn't really involved in any of the build-up play for mo- like the whole of the match. I thought barely touched the ball and literally two chances, two goals, which was unbelievable. But England had so many chances in that first half to score. Sterling, off the top of my head, Lingard had about three. Yeah. Not clinical enough. And Stones full of one. Yeah, and yeah. it was just like they had, they should have been 3 0 up after yeah. half an hour. Yeah. And that's the frustration with it. But then it goes 1 1. And then it's. VAR there as well. Very contentious penalty decision. What I, did you think? For me, it was lazy from Walker. Mm. He, his body position was all wrong. He's left an arm out. He has made contact. And look, yeah, yeah. we spoke about the diving, but he's gone down pretty soft. But, you know, looking back at it, it probably is. He has gone down soft. Like, Nine times out of ten players won't go down in that situation, but yeah. he's raised an arm, he's seen it, he's gone down, and I think, yeah, it is a penalty. Mm. So, Yeah, Walker's arm sort of like trailed yeah. a bit, didn't he? Sort of hooked around, definitely See, for caught me, him. For me, if he opens up, he faces forward, then he can watch the ball and he can know where the man is as well. Yeah, instead of trying to guard him out of it. Exactly. Yeah, mm. take note, Carl Walker, yeah. Yeah. on how to defend, okay? Yeah, from yeah. Yeah. Glorious. All right, all right. <laughs> Listen up. Get your notepad out. Here's me telling Carl Walker. I just won the prem. Just a quick word, Carl. Just a quick word, mate. Look, I think you're doing really well, but just, just one thing, mate. That is funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why we're here. Oh, God, I hope he listens. Uh, we need, no, we need it, mate. This is what we need from you. No, no but... England, Harry Kane. Like, Who am I, eh? Who Harry, am I? Harry Kane at the double. I've got a, I've got a quiz question that I'll bring to you guys in a few moments surrounding England. Um, but we'll get to that shortly. Moving on. All right. That's England done. Mexico have been fined. Uh, Mexico Football Federation have been fined 10,000. Bryce, turn your phone off, mate. Come on. It's an alarm to get up. <laughs> I'm trying to be, you know. We're, we're, we're on here. Bryce, uh, Mexico Football Federation have been fined $10,000 for discriminatory and insulting chants from the fans during their match against Germany. Uh, the FIFA Dis- Disciplinary Committee handed down the $10,000 Swiss francs fine on Wednesday for chance directed at Germany goalkeeper Manuel Neuer. Is this the Germans being whiny again? Uh, uh, oh, we lost 1-0. Uh, get s- over it. A source told ESPN that if the chance continued during the matches, stadium security would begin to identify and remove offending fans from the stands. After, sa- after the call and the winders, I really hope they didn't say any grotesque things to Manuel Neuer. It's not the worst punishment in the world, is it? I can't imagine that 10,000 Swiss francs is a lot of money to the Mexican Federation. I mean, I mean, after that party they threw. Oh, the yeah, Hernandez saying that. Before, yeah, I mean, the, kitty, the kitty's a bit yeah, soft now at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> it's gone. It's gone. 
Yes. So that's the first sort of fan issue we've had at this World Cup, and it seems like the Russians are doing a good job of hiding all the other nonsense that. Yeah. The the broom is being swept and the rug is full. We haven't heard of any hooliganism. No, 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 we haven't. No fighting at all. And I said before, we've the the positive note as well was the. The Japanese started the cleaning up. Yeah, on other fan news. Yeah, yeah, Senegal followed suit. You're really good to Columbia, see. All yeah. the fans there have been cleaning up the stadium. Yeah, we'll give a bit of context. Some footage has emerged of fans, namely Senegal, Japan, Colombia, Uruguay. Um, Uruguay. Not Colombia, sorry. Yeah, Colombia as well. Oh, yep. Colombia, Uruguay, Senegal, Japan. All their fans cleaning up rubbish after their uh, team's games, which is, I suppose, heartwarming. Yeah, props. Definitely showing respect to the uh, to the competition, which is good. Um, staying on Colombia, Colombian singer Maluma has had eight hundred thousand dollars worth in valuables stolen from their Moscow hotel. It's the one negative real story we've heard so far. Is I want to know. I mean, if he's got eight hundred grand's worth of stuff, I mean, I'm sure he's going to be okay. Who's taking eight hundred thousand k worth of stuff on holiday anyway? Like. Mm. Yeah, that's so, a good point. What has he got? Well, an intruder who poses Maluma's guest stole a number of valuables, including a Louis Vuitton bag, 11 luxury watches, various items oh. of Cartier jewellery, and 10 glasses studded with diamonds and pearls, two police sources have said. Yeah, cry me a river, whatever. 11 watches? You can what only you wear doing? one a day, mate. What are you <laughs> like, doing? Honestly. You got, I suppose you could wear two, one on each wrist, but... Maybe he's just gone and bought... Well, this is a, a Colombian singer who flies in a private jet. I'm looking at a photo here. So he's obviously very well off. Maybe he's gone on a bit of a shopping spree in Russia, bought Russia's finest pearls and all that sort of stuff. And kept it not in a safe in Moscow. Yeah. I don't know what's happened there. Yeah, little sympathy for that bloke, unfortunately. Sorry, mate. All right, so moving on um, and in some other hilarious news. Burger King says it's sorry (laughs) for offering a lifetime supply of Whoppers to Russian women who get pregnant from World Cup. (laughs) (laughs) You get pregnant? You're going to get fat anyway, so let's just eat all these waffles. Critics assailed the offer, uh, announced on Russian social media as sexist and demeaning. So it is sexist and demeaning, but it's still... What, it? what a what a Burger King is it? I don't. I don't is there PR? What they, what they try, yeah, what they're trying to promote? Like, is yeah. there a short? Like, is there a population problem in in Russia or something? Or can't see it? that being the case. No. They got quite a few. I mean, they've got a lot people, of land, so... The, the announcement was removed on Tuesday from Burger King's social media accounts, but it's still circulating among Russian social network users. It promised a reward to women who get the best football genes and ensure the success of the Russian team for generations to come. Just trying to build on that 144 million population. So, so. are you saying they're trying to get women to sleep with players? Uh, yeah. All oh, right. okay. Yeah. Oh. By the way, it's very controversial. This is so weird. Yeah, it's caused, this is so weird. causing a lot of stir at the moment. But anyway, that's uh, well, Burger King have uh, since apologised, as I said. So, all right, we're gonna. Here's a bit of trivia. I'll give you a bit of trivia, and I, I'll, I'll I, let you guys. I'd sleep with Ronaldo for a burger. Yeah. <laughs> Whopper with cheese, or would you go no cheese? Would you do it for no Whopper with no all right, cheese? Get off the burgers. All right, <laughs> just you're making me hungry, Stu. Actually, it's pre-season, no burgers. What are we yes. Talking about? Here, all right, I'm going to give you guys a question and then we're going to play our interview with Peacock and I'm going to let you think about it and then we're going to come back and give the listeners the answer. So, Harry Kane, this is from my dad. Harry Kane has uh, recently scored a double. Is a question? So, the question is, name the last English striker at a World Cup and what year to score a double 
than Harry Kane. Who was the Who was the last striker before Harry Kane to score a double at a World Cup? But don't give. I want you to hold your answer. Oh, you do, do you? Like you did when I. Did my <laughs> I want you to hold your answer. <clears throat> oh, I've got so many names. I just want to throw out there. Okay. Hold your answer because we're going to play Adam Peacock's interview from Fox Sports where we discuss Australia and all that sort of stuff. And then after that, we're going to come back, address this question, and we'll talk about Australia as well. Hey, it's Josh Risden from the Socceroos, and you're listening to the Shooting Czars podcast. On the line now is Fox Sports' Adam Peacock. And Adam, I know I speak on behalf of Bryce when I say that we've watched you for many years broadcast football uh, in Australia. So it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Good to talk, guys. So, obviously, you're over in Russia now. What's it been like in Russia, and what's the, the sort of vibe of the World Cup been like for you, mate? Yeah, it's, I don't know what it seems like that back there, for those that can watch it, but it's, um, it's been unreal. It's it's such a, one of those pleasant surprises. That, yeah, that I guess as Westerners, we think of um, places like this, we almost look down on them, or, or we're fearful of them, but I, I know that, um, the government here would have put a, a directive out to all their public services to say, look, the world is coming, we need to put on a good show, so let's get out, you know what, together. And they've certainly done it. And even just the people in the street, they're, they're, they come across as a serious bunch because they don't smile like us. Like They, they don't just smile for the sake of smiling. You've got to have really something to smile about before they do. But the people have been lovely. And, yeah, I, I couldn't speak highly enough of the joint. Oh, that's great. Obviously, the result last night will make them smile a bit more, I'm sure. Obviously, in terms of Australia, what's sort of the mood of the camp been post um, the France game? Yeah, the, the players have let it go. The fans have had the issue of just letting it go. But every time I think of it, like, think, damn, um, we, we should have got something out of it. But the players just simply have to get on with it and get on with it they are. So um, they're in tomorrow now where we are, the fans, um, in preparation for the game tomorrow, our time. Um, so that they're all just moving on and, and preparing how they all prepare and I understand everyone's fit, everyone's ready, mentally happy. Um, so they just have to, to get it right on the day and then no, no excuses. And is it the bittersweet nature of, I mean, working so hard and doing so well for so long, kind of undone by, you know, video goal line technology and VR, the, the harder pill to swallow for that result? Yeah, that's just another another reiteration that, that life doesn't give you anything. You have to out, go out and really earn it and what they... they should have earned a point there. That the, the effort and the the, um, the setup and the the carry through of, of Bird's tactics was um, almost to a T. But just two freak instances. But we did like did, you look at those goals in, in greater detail. We did get pulled apart a little on. So hmm. um, we're going to watch that. I mean, the, the way that the ball went in for the second goal was ridiculous. But they, they did get pulled apart by a, a neat little run by Pogba. So. Um, there's, there's a bit to work on, but um, yeah, well, well, hopefully it comes off against Denmark and it all turns around. We go to uh, Sochi against Peru with something like. Yeah, and just on that performance in France, I mean, it's been consensus with the Australian public is it was a very admirable performance despite the result in the end. Do you think it's it's another sign of our progress over the past few years? Yeah, it, a little. I mean, you, you would have loved, like, ideally, it would have been Ange over here to, to really have a look at where, where the progress was, but with that late change, we, we kind of twisted our way of uh, the way we were playing and there's nothing wrong with the way that we were playing even though qualifying was hard there's nothing wrong with the way that we're playing here it's just different ways of doing it but um, yeah I, I think it has taken a step like look, look, I go back to that game against, um, against Poland where we were really really proud of the performance and really aside from a couple of individual errors we should have got something out of the game but we were really really proud of the 
performance. It was almost unexpected, but I've got a different feeling about the, the France game and the, in the fact that we really should have got something out of the game rather than just being proud of it. So I guess that's the, 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 the change in expectations and, and what we think of this side. Yeah, there's been a real mentality shift. I suppose gallant defeats aren't really what we want anymore. You Obviously, you mentioned Ange Postacoglu there, and I guess I just want to compare the two managers now. Obviously, we've had Ange lead us up to the World Cup. What's the mood of the camp been like um, when Ange was in charge as opposed to when Bert, Ma- Bert Van Mywak's been in charge? Obviously, you've spent a lot of time or closer to the Socceroos. So, yeah, what's the mood been like? Yeah, good question. But it, it, it is a change. It's a little bit more relaxed atmosphere day-to-day in the camp. Um, Ange had a certain way of doing things. He was, gruff might not be the word, but, you know, he, he was to the point with his players and he, he didn't sugarcoat things and he had... Re- pretty strict guidelines about what you could and couldn't do within camp and he wanted to make sure everyone was doing it his way whereas uh, Bert is is kind of like well you're meant so you come here I tell you what to do with football and you go away and prepare the best you can and if you want to go out like he he even said a couple nights before um, the first game go out and have a meal have a beer if you like that but I'm the trust in you um, to do the right thing to prepare the, the right way so a little bit more control has been given back to um, to the players. Uh, I mean, holistically, it's, it's just all about the football. So that, that, that really, day-to-day, there's not much difference what the players are doing. Um, but you, you get the feeling that it's a little lighter around the camp. That's interesting because Bert, obviously from the outside, seems like a really serious character. So I suppose yeah, it's interesting sure. to hear that. Um, on Bert, again, going into the second game against Denmark, do you expect him to make any changes to the team? Yeah, you can't not make changes in the World Cup because the games are only five days apart. So I'd be I'd be massively surprised if we started with the same eleven as we did against France. Um, so the ones we're looking at, maybe Josh Wilson, who didn't train the day after the game, is, is he okay for another high intensity um, performance? Because a lot is asked of the fullbacks. Um, so is, is Ross Degen going to come in there? Is Stanley um, Milligan will start? I'd say Page will start again. Um, but yet in that, the big question is: Do we do we find a spot for Luongo? Um, and up front, does Tinny start? Uh, I think Tinny will play at least some part. But does he start? Um, and Arzani, I reckon, will get more minutes. So just subtle adjustments. I don't think it's going to be wholesale changes, but I think there'll be a couple of changes. Obviously, Cahill didn't get on the other night. How has he responded to not getting on the pitch? No, fine. No, he's, he's been doing this a long time. So um, yeah, there, there was quotes attributed to him. That sounded like he was annoyed or, or whatever. That, that's yeah, I did see that. That's not, the, that's not the message coming out. Um, and Dave Davidovic, who got those quotes, did come out and say, "Hey, don't interpret them this way." That was all in good faith. He was just disappointed as a professional not to get in the park on the park. And all twelve of those players who were sitting on the bench the other day would have been exactly the same. And mm. all twelve players that sit on any bench at the World Cup that don't get on would be exactly the same. So. Yeah, I understand what he was saying. There was no malice in it whatsoever, and he's just looking forward now to, to hopefully playing a big part against Denmark. Adam, you've seen closer than most the impact that poor use of the VAR can have on football matches. How have you rated uh, the VAR's use at this World Cup so far? Yeah, I'm frustrated by it. Again, I, I was a fan of it coming in, and I, I, I was a bit naive. I thought, yeah, we're just going to get rid of the howler, but they just seem to not be able to help themselves to to nitpick over, over certain things and, and then ignore certain things. There's no uniformity because it changes personnel, which means they're human, so it changes opinion from 
from time to time of use. So, I mean, that Harry Kane one the other night where he's rugby tackled to the ground. Yeah. I can't work it out. <laughs> yeah, no. I can't work it out. Those, so, those ones, yeah, those uh, ones. There was one in a few a few games before where there was a tackle that sort of a penalty was given on that. So you'd expect that trend to continue, but obviously the VAR the consistency is a big issue. Yeah, isn't didn't, it? didn't yeah. pick it up. There'll be no consistency as long as there's different people in the chair every time. It just it just won't happen. It's human nature. So I suppose we've got to get used to it. The and Adam, just on a lighter note, noticed uh, you tweeted about Shinji Kagawa being the first player with a part of the lower body in his name to score a World Cup penalty since Oleg Selenko. Have you uh, managed to come across any other good trivial facts about the World Cup so far? Twitter's a wonderful place during a, a tournament like this. <laughs> so much, so much rubbish and so much meaningful stuff. So, uh, yeah. Nothing off the top of my head. It's uh, nine o'clock in the morning over here, but um, yeah, it's uh, it's, uh, it's a wonderful tournament, and I love being at it. And obviously, you've been with the Australian fanatics this World Cup. What's it been like hanging out with the with the Australian fans? You can probably tell by my voice; it's been fun. <laughs> yeah, um, it's, it still hasn't quite come back since the, the France game, and it's probably going to go again on Thursday. But oh, it's been a fantastic trip. It's, it's so good that um, there's there's fathers with their young sons, there's fathers with their old sons, there's, um, there's a mother and daughter combo, there's, there's mums and dads with their sons and daughters, there's, um, yeah, it's, it's great, we've got Matty Yerman's mum and sister with us, it's, it's just a really good trip, and um, it's family orientated, not, not what you think of the fanatics, um, like, obviously you form an opinion about what they're going to do, like Russia, really, mm. but you actually see it close hand, and it's, it's not like that, so... Uh, it's a really good mix of people. Um, they all love their football, and, and we'll all be full, in full voice uh, here in Samara on Thursday. That looked great to hear. And just finally, Adam, what's your tip for the game against Denmark? Uh, one 0 Australia. Good. That's what we want to hear. And what, what about what about the World Cup? Who's yeah. going to win it? Uh, I, I said Brazil before, but Switzerland made it tough for them. It's, it's yeah, really open. Um, it's really, really open. I want to see everyone play twice before you make judgment. But um, yeah, it's. Uh, it's an amazingly open tournament, and like you, any one of ten teams, I'll, I'll stick with Brazil because I mean they only drew the other day, but it was no huge disaster. But uh, they'll need to play a bit better, and, and a lot of the big nations need to play a bit better as well. Ah, uh, you spot on there. Now, Adam Peacock from Fox Sports, thank you so much for your time today on the Shooting Czars World Cup podcast. Cheers, guys. Have a good one, boys. That was Adam Peacock. That was a really great interview yesterday, Bryce. We thought at least, um, Alex. Yes, <laughs> Alex couldn't be there. He had to Did, go to training. Didn't get a word of that. Just no. uh, focusing on my on your trivia question and the answer I'm trying to give you in a minute. But yes. All right. We'll just. All right. Let's go straight into that. So, uh, the question before the interview was, who was the last Englishman at a World Cup to score a double before Harry Kane? This is my dad asked me this, so I thought I'd just ask you guys. Well, you go first, guys. Yeah. I, I say I, I I couldn't think of one in the last four World Cups since 2002. So I went back. I'm I'm saying 98 Owen, but I'd like I have no idea. That that that'd be my best guess. All right. Well, my shout is the great Gary Lineker in uh, Italia 90, where England came fourth. Stu, go on. What was your? Who? <laughs> ah! Yes, get in, get in. <laughs> Right. Me, me, me. Where's my air horns? Oh, there's a lot of a lot of feedback there. Yeah, it was Gary Lineker. 
Mm, he no. did he score two again? No, no, no. I'm not sure. Sweet. Shouts to Gary. Yes, well done, guys. But unlucky Al. Yeah, I'm not too bothered, you know. I'm no, you shouldn't be. I mean, you're not no. English or anything, yeah, so I no. mean, it's not a it's not a bad <laughs> thing to get wrong. All right, bit of trivia for your Thursday. All right, let's uh, quickly touch on Australia. Adam Peacock said that Josh Risen may be one to come out of the side. Is he up for another high-intensity match? Al, what do you reckon? You played with him? Yeah, of course he is. That's ridiculous. Well, not ridiculous from Adam, but I think that it'd be harsh to drop him. Mm. And I think his his fitness against I mean in the build up games against the Czech Republic and then against France was great. So yeah. I'm really yeah I I mean I hope he stays. I think he deserves to stay in that spot. I think he's earned it. He's he's one of those like, I I think and I don't mean to put a dampener on it or any way, but I think that the A League players obviously aren't looked at as highly like, they're not as highly regarded as probably some of the other players. So they play across Europe. You know yeah. what I mean. So they're they're the easy cop out. I mean. Put the blame or whatever on them because they're not playing in a better league, kind of thing. So, I think it'd be harsh on Rizzo if he was left out of this. Yeah, I agree. This week's game, I think he should stay in the team. They d- they defended well. They conceded they a penalty did. and a, a scabby goal and against France. Didn't France. Cre- yeah, France didn't create that much. They looked pretty solid all the way through the park. For me, I wouldn't change the team at all. I wouldn't change the defense. I'd just be changing. Maybe bring Tommy Urich in for Naboo to sort of give it a bit Possibly. different dimension up, yeah, up just, top. Yeah, just I'd keep Naboo personally. Would you? Yeah. I wouldn't play him did, on the wing. He did really he's well. Not an, he's not a number nine. He's a winger. Mm. So he's playing out of position to start with. I See, think I think that's maybe the good point. They're going to face a much different defence this time and not someone that just has to work his socks off and pressure their defence. Maybe you're right. They do need a target, man. But maybe surely they can go into this game thinking they can get the three points. Maybe they go into the France game, the you know... Well, the they Danish all went yeah. in with a more defensive It's going to be a different mindset. mindset and different outlook in this and a different approach. And I think the Danish um, coach has come out and said he's worried. Especially after their performance in their last game against Peru, where they had plenty of chances, Peru to score, um, and he, he's he's worried to face the strap, which is good to hear. And I hope the lads, hope the lads games. get them. I hope yeah. they come out and attack, and I'd like to see maybe attacking changes rather than defensive changes. I think that's probably more in order. But I'd we'll agree, have to wait yeah. and see. The game obviously is tonight on Thursday um, against Denmark. Hopefully the Aussies can get that desperate win. Count the boys. Yes. Now, Bryce, you wanted to touch on the other games that have happened over the past few days, didn't you? Uh, yes. Well, I think Japan. Yes. The Blue Samurai against Colombia. Yeah, that's a big one. 2 nil. Fantastic result for them. Uh, Sanchez had a bit of a brain fade in the third minute. Thought he'd become the goalkeeper. First red card of the tournament. What was he thinking? Three minutes in. Yeah. Let it go in and then fight it, back and yeah, get, the, exactly. get the equaliser. For me, you've got to have trust in your team that even if they've got, if you do concede an early goal, you, you've got to be confident, Colombia, that we've... 11 men on the pitch that they're going to claw a 2-1 win back, you know, against Japan, who've not... They were really yeah. not fancied this tournament at exactly. all to get anything, even by their own their own fans. And I think they, they did really well in managing that game and keeping possession and holding Colombia to limited chances. And uh, Quintero, the goal that went in, very cheeky free kick under the wall, I thought. Very <laughs> nice. And the keeper gone, like, waving his finger across that, mate. They've got goal line technology. You're not going to yeah. fool anyone. It's, oh, no, no, no. Yeah, no, it's no, no, not in. It's not in. No, no, no. No, it's I cool. Know, I was there. I was there. I was there. It's cool. It's not in. It's cool. Let's go. Let's nah, go. mate. <laughs> Comes off on the screen. Goal. And he's like, no, no, no. It's wrong. Nah, it's it's wrong. <laughs> nope. That was pretty Incorrect. Yeah, there's been more free kick goals in this World Cup than there was the whole of the tournament last time. Yeah, set piece specialist. Yeah, it's been the World Cup of free kicks, goals, and penalties so far. And OGs. And on goals. OGs. Strange. Plenty of OGs. Very strange. Um, 
Yeah. I think also just on... I think Colombia can bounce back, but James Rodriguez, obviously the Golden Boot winner in the last World Cup, he... Needs to play more. Obviously, he's he, come he, back from an injury. Yeah, he, you could see he was trying so hard to get them back in it. A bit like him. Messi the other night. Ooh, Almost yeah, two, some parallels two drawn hard. there. Yeah, well, maybe that's the case. Yeah, but it's, I think it's just... I think that game just shows... And it's good that Asian teams are getting getting some wins. So you Japan, had Iran Japan getting three points. Was the Japan, first yeah. Asian team to beat a South Ever American, beat a South American team. team at a World Cup. Fantastic to see. And I think the upsets keep coming, which is great. Keeps it very interesting. So so far, very good World Cup. Absolutely, guys. All right, that's episode five of the Shooting Czars World Cup podcast. Cheers, Al. Have a good day at training, my friend. I will do. Or I'll try at least if I'm not falling asleep. Oh, it's, oh, you're right, mate. It's not that early, mate. You'll be right. You've been up at 5 o'clock before. Yeah, I'll bring an air horn down for you. That's it. There's only one 5 o'clock in my day. It's not this <laughs> Thank you, Bryce. Have fun uh, taking photos of Alex at training. Absolute <laughs> pleasure. Just a big shout out to our Italian listeners that are still with us. You guys still aren't in the World Cup. Yeah, ta. Yes, ta. Uh, we'll be back here on Sunday. I think we're going to try to get this one, the next one done. But yes, please follow us on Twitter and subscribe to us. Give us a review on uh, iTunes if you get the time. Any feedback would be much appreciated. Come on, the Socceroos. Come on, the Socceroos. Come on, boys. They're kicking off tonight. Let's hope the Socceroos can get that win. But this has been Episode 5 of the Shooting Czars World Cup Podcast. Here comes to KL. Oh!